0: Uh, Jesus, you know, when Jesus was born, it was a big deal. I mean, like, would you agree Christmas is a big deal to everybody? It was a big deal. The angels come, you know, it was a big deal. Even the birth, uh, the pregnancy of Mary, how the Holy Spirit come and, and impregnated her, it was a, it's a miracle. We know a lot about the birth of Jesus, and we know about, a lot about the ministry of Jesus, but in those in-between years, there's not a whole lot. Well, what I want you to know is that when Jesus was 12 years old, he sort of got his priorities right. When, they, when he was at the temple and they got on to him for being at the temple, when he was 12 years old, he said, I must be about my father's business. Right. See, so he set his priorities for his life. They were set right there. I must be about my father's business. Then, when he was 33 and a half years old and he died on the cross, the last thing that he said, well, the last thing he said is, It is finished. In other words, I've done everything the Father's asked me to do. Now, what I want you to know is that he didn't feed everybody, he didn't heal everybody, and he didn't save everybody, but he did everything that God wanted him to do. Amen? Amen. Here's what I'll tell you. Listen, you have enough time to do the will of God for your life. Did you you hear that? You say, well, Pastor, I, I just don't have enough time. Well, the question you asked, is this the will of God? Because you have enough time to do the will of God, to fulfill what God has for you. He puts you on this earth to accomplish some things, and you have enough time to do what He wants you to do. Amen? Amen. So when you get overwhelmed and too busy, you got to ask yourself, is this the will of God? Okay, all right. Well, I'm already starting. See, it's already happening. I want to share a verse with you. This verse uh, is in Proverbs 10 and 27. And look what it says. It's on your outline. Here we go. Look what it says. It says, reverence for God adds what? hours. Hours to each day. Did you hear that? Reverence for God adds hours to each day. What's the word reverence mean? It means take God seriously. Amen? The word reverence means take God seriously. So today... I want you to remember three words and three words only. You ready? Come on. Here we go. Take God seriously. Let's say You ready? Come on. Take God seriously. What's your words? Take God seriously. When you take God seriously, it's amazing how when you reverence for, have reverence for God, He adds hours to your day. And God makes you more productive. He helps you get more done. It's God's favor. Amen, everybody? It's God's favor. So. How to manage my life. i want to give you three things today. I'm going to give you some real practical things to do and some real spiritual things to do as well. The first one I would say is this, is how to manage my life is found in Ephesians. There's three things here that we find in Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. I'm going to read that passage to you, and then we'll get into the how-tos. The first he says this. He says, so be careful how you live. Do not live like what, everybody? Fools. Don't be a fool. He says, don't be a fool. But, but like those who are wise, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Amen, everybody? Amen. Understand that once you get that. So I want to break this verse, that, that passage down, give you three things. The first thing is this, how to manage my life. Number one is this, is do what matters, do what's most important first. Do what's most important first. Do what's most important first. I almost wanted to say do what matters most. But do what's most important first. Again, going back to Ephesians 5 and 15, here's what he says. He says, though, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are what, everybody? Why? So there's a wise way to live. What's amazing to me is I find out that a lot of people spend a lot of time planning their death—it's like they'll write out a will, and you should have one. I would say, yes, that's wonderful. Write out a will. Everybody wants to make sure they have a will but, and have a plan for their death, but nobody has a plan for their life. Amen. Ooh, let that one set in just a minute. That's good. We spend more time planning for our death, which we're not going to be here, than trying to write out a plan for our lives. Everybody. Yes. So you're either going to live by—you're either going to live by pressure or by priorities. Amen. You're going to do what everybody else pressured you to do, or you're going to be like Jesus said, no, I must be about my Father's business. Amen? People try to get Jesus to go many different directions. No, 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 no. I got my priorities, and I got to live by my priorities. And so I would challenge you to do the same. Proverbs 17, 24 says this. He said, an intelligent person aims at wise action, but a fool starts off in many what, everybody? Everybody. Many directions. A fool starts off in many, many directions. Again, you have to make your priorities. Now, I want to show you an illustration that I learned years ago that changed my life. I like to share this illustration about every two or three years. And I want to share it with you this changed my life. And if you can get this down and you understand this, I think it has a potential not only to change your life, but also your family tree. So over here under my bucket, okay? we have these things here. I have uh, some sand here. I have some rocks here, These, all these big rocks. Now, what I want to share with you is this, is that the goal is I want to get all these rocks and all these pebbles into this one container because this is my life. This is my daily schedule. This is my weekly schedule. This is my monthly schedule. This is my year. It's all got to get in here, okay? And so, what we can start off with is we can start off with these pebbles, which would represent uh, maybe uh, playing video games. We'll just pour some of that in there. Now, some of you just said, well, I don't play video games. Well, a little Candy Crush, okay? Let's just put a little of that in there. All right. Whoa, just got home, huh? Hello, there we go. Well, what about, what about, uh, what about some of those uh, YouTube videos that we just go watch and all of a sudden we get on a rabbit trail and we just keep watching them? Then what about what about some uh social media? Okay, what about a little Facebook time, a little bit, a bit of Instagram time, social media. Oh, social media, shoot. Let's <laughs> amen everybody. Okay, so look, we just filled our time with that, but but now we got we got some very important things here. We got our family that we need to spend time with. We got to put that in there. Then we we got a little another, another, uh, shoot, we got friendships. We got to make sure to hang with our friends some, talk to them a little bit. And then we got work. We have to work, and so we got to put that in there. Oh, what, what about school? Yeah, we need school too. And, and what about exercise? Yeah, I feel bad, so I need to start exercising. And then, I, you know, I, shoot, I, gotta go to, I need to go to church. Yes, I do. And then, you know, what, what about uh, vacation? Well, we need a vacation. And what about maybe serving in, in our community or somehow? Yeah, we need some of that. Well, look, it doesn't fit, everybody. You see what I'm talking? It's over the top. You're already running over. You're out of time. So I want to show you something that will really, really help you. This is what I think would change your life is that if you begin to say, okay, what's most important? My family is really important. My time with God is really, really important. Then you know what? Uh, Serving uh, is very important. Work is, work is really, really important, everybody. Hallelujah. Amen? Amen. 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 Work is important. Okay, then, then you know what? Friendships is very, very important. And then the exercise is, is important if I want to live good. And then we got all those other projects that we want to do around the house that, you know, need to be done. I mean, the thing's going to fall in unless we fix it. So we need to do that. And then we'd love to have a little vacation. Amen, everybody? How many love a little vacation? All right. All right. Then then once we do that, then we can say, you know what? Well, I might want to play a little Candy Crush. Look at that. Then I might want to play and watch some little YouTube videos. And then I might want to spend a little time on social media. Maybe a little more time on social media, and before you know it, look at here. Everything fits. What I want to tell you is when you do what's most important first, you'll always have time for those things that are not so important. Amen? Yeah. And what I and so that's why the Bible said, remember our verse, it said uh, Proverbs 10, 27, if you reverence for God adds hours to your day. When you put God first and when you begin to do what's important first, you'll have time for everything else, everybody. Yeah. And if you'll just make your priorities and you'll start living by your priorities, you'll be like Jesus said, you know, I'm about my father's business. You're not going to distract me. I'm going to do Do what's important first. Amen? Amen. If you'll take that lesson right there and you will do it, it will change your life. It'll change your life. Instead of procrastinating, if you'll do the important things first, you will enjoy life. Amen? Amen. Amen? Amen. Okay. All right. Yes, that is good. Thank you, Albert. Would you check this box right here on your connection card? Look what it says. It says, I will do my best to do what's important first. What's important first? That's what makes a great life. The second thing I would like to share with you is this. Number two, oh, let's say Let me say that verse again, and you gotta say your three words. The verse I want to share with you is Proverbs 1027, reverence for God's as hours to each day. And remember the three words I said that you gotta remember. You ready to hear what it was? Take God seriously. Come on, say your words again. Take God seriously. That's what it all matters. When you take God seriously, you get your priorities in order. Okay, number two. Here, this is, oh, my goodness. Are you ready for this? I don't, are you ready? You got your seatbelt on. Here we go. Ready? Number two is say no to what is good in order to say yes to what is best. Say no to what is good in order to say yes to what is best. Now, we, we have a problem, all of us. We don't like to hear the word no, do we? Now, we don't, and we don't even like to say the word no, right? I mean, we don't like that at all. But what I understand is that Jesus practices. Let me give you the verse in, in uh, Galatians first The what it said. Ephesians 5, 16, 17. He says, most of the t- uh, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days and don't act how, everybody? Don't act thoughtlessly. Don't act thoughtless. You have to learn to say no. Now, look, Jesus said no. Remember, he said, I must be about my father's business. At 33, he said, it's finished. I've done everything God wanted me to do. I'm done. Look what he says. Jesus is talking to some people, and look what happens. Somebody speaks up in the crowd. Then someone called out from the crowd, Sir, please tell my, uh, please, please tell my brother to divide my father's estate with me. But Jesus replied, Man, <laughs> man, please. Okay, all right, all right. I'm glad Jesus said man all the time too, right? Man, who made me judge over you to decide such things as that? You know what Jesus said? I ain't doing it. Right. He said, I'm not doing it. I am not going to do that. I'm not, there's no way. I'm, he said, no, everybody. And maybe the greatest illustration that, it, that you, maybe what you and I could take out of today, the number one lesson that you and I could get today is don't let everybody drag you into their stuff. Are you hearing what I'm talking about? You don't have to give your opinion on everything that you read and everything that's posted. Matter of fact, we would do better without it. Jesus didn't do it. He would not let people pull him to every, pull him into every issue in life. He said, "No, I got to be about my Father's business. I don't have time to be to getting in the middle of everybody's situation." Amen? Amen. Oh my goodness gracious! What a lesson right there. Change your life. Amen? Amen. Just because you see someone post something doesn't mean that you have to go back. Well, let me tell you, no, no. Jesus said, "Don't get drawn into that." So we have to learn to say the word no. I think we have to do a little no practice, everybody, because we don't know how to say it. So would you do this with me? Would you take your tongue and put it to the roof of your mouth right now? Come on, you ready? You Get your tongue up there to the roof of your mouth. Here we go. We're gonna practice this. Hard. It's gonna be hard. All right. You're not done. You gotta use this muscle. You haven't used in a while. Here we go. Ready? You got your tongue to and let's say you ready? No. Come on, let's do it again. No. Right? No. No. What are, you going, what are you going to say? What are you going to say when that, that four-year-old child of yours or that four-year-old grandchild says, i got to have the, the I, iPhone 6,000? What are you going to say? What are you going to say? No. What are we going to say? No. That's right. What are you going to say when your eight-year-old still wants to walk around with a pacifier in their mouth? What are we going to say? No. What are you gonna what are you gonna say when that 40-year-old won't get a wants to move into your basement? What are we gonna say? No, heck no Amen. <laughs> <laughs> hey that's right. <laughs> no! No, no! No! What are you gonna say when someone says, send me a picture of you in your underwear? What are you going to say? No. Who thought I'd ever be standing up here having to say that to grown-up people? Amen, everybody? There's some things that just only you and your spouse need to see. Let's leave it. Okay, never mind. I just need to leave that alone. What are you going to say? See, what are you going to say? To those who constantly say, Well, well, go with me here, let's go do that when you don't have your priorities done, we're gonna say, No. You say, No. No. Let me just tell you this children, I have parents tell me all the time, Well, you know, man, our kids are running us crazy. I'm like, What? Our kids are running us, that we're having to run this one here, run this one there. We're just having to run like crazy. Our kids are running us crazy. I'm like, Whoa, wait a minute. They're not paying for the gas. And the reason I say that is because if you, if, see, if you give your kids everything they want, especially in extracurricular activities, if you give them everything they want, they'll never get what they need. Yeah. Because they don't know what they need. You see, if you, do every, if you give them everything they want, if you begin to, to do this, what they understand is, say, well, we got to go here and there, and then that means mom's going this way and dad's going that way. So what they, what they need is a mom and dad that love each other, and they're in love with each other. And if they're gone all the time, taking them here and there, then guess what? Mom and dad are not going to be together that long, and they need a family that's together, and they don't know they need that. So you got to say no, because mom and dad got to have a life together. Amen? They don't know. They don't know that if you do everything they ask you to do, that you're gonna be broke financially and you're gonna be living off credit cards and that you're gonna be stressed out and your your husband's gonna be stressed out, your wife's gonna be stressed out, your whole family's gonna be stressed out, and you're gonna be broke, busted, and disgusted. Amen? Right. They don't know that. Right. Kids don't know that. Right. They don't know if you don't take time out for Sundays to, to come to church and t- instill faith into their life that they're going to be eaten up with anxiety in their life because they're not going to have a relationship with Jesus Christ and they're not going to know what hope is and they're, they're going to die and they're going to uh, not be able to live because of anxiety. Amen, everybody? Amen. you got to have a faith to live on. Amen. And they don't know that, everybody. They don't know. They don't know that. Right. And so do a little no practice, all right? It will change your life. My daughter Caitlin uh, was up here playing the guitar today. And it's a privilege for every time that she's here. I just love it. But, you know, when she was smaller, I could, you know, she was in the elementary, middle school age. She was, she was uh, singing in the school choirs. And we've seen that, she, you know, she liked music, but also she was in gymnastics. And, you know, so she was in gymnastics, and she did good at gymnastics. I mean, she was good at it. But uh, all of a sudden, they said, well, we want her to go on a travel team. We want her to do this, and they'll do that. You know, but we, we, we said, that's good. But we realized that she, she wanted to be in these children's choir, too, in, at Clayton State College, you know, Spivey Hall Children's Choir. She wanted to be in that. But we saw that, you know, she would go around singing all the time. You know, we didn't see her flipping down the hallways all the time. <laughs> but she was, she was good at that. But we knew that she would be better at this. And so, you know what? We had to say, when it comes time, they ask us in front of her. You know, she needs to join our traveling team. So we had to practice this word. We put our tongue to the roof of our mouth and said, no. What did she do? Ah, ah, ah. Every time the Olympics come on, every time. <laughs> she says, that could have been me. You ruined my dreams. But now she's writing songs. Yes. Yes. She's producing music. Yes. She went to college and got a degree in music. Yes. Why? Because we had to let go of the good so we could get the best. Amen? Yes. I want to tell you one more thing. Amen. One more thing. I never will forget this scene. There was a young lady that uh, met with Rhonda and I, <clears throat> this has been a long time ago. And we was coming. I can't even remember why we were having the meeting. But I never will forget the meeting. She was I guess she was in her early 20s, and she had a child. And She looked at us, and she said, I just want to ask you why. I'm like, what, I don't know. What are you talking about? She says, why would my parents do that to me? I said, what are you talking about? She says, when I was a senior in high school, I met an older guy, and we started dating. He was much older than me. But somehow I asked my parents to let him move in with us and move into my room that we could be like married people when I was a senior in high school. And she said, my parents should have said no, but they didn't. And because of that decision, I am here today dealing with all of these wounds and scars and all the things that happened to me because of that. She said, Pastor Jeff, tell me with tears streaming down her face, why would my parents not say no? Why wouldn't they say no? I needed them to say no. I didn't know, but I needed them to say no. No matter the cost, I need them to say No. And I'm looking at all you moms and dads and grandparents here sitting in this room, and I will tell you, your children sometimes need you to say no. Amen. Amen. No. It's not going to happen. And they can, you can get mad at me. You can not like me. You can threaten to run away. You can threaten all these things. But we are not going to let that happen to you. Not on my watch. No, that will not happen to you in my house. Amen. Amen. No. Amen. No. Remember that. Remember what we're doing. We're letting go of the good to get the best, amen? amen. It's the best. And I want to challenge you today. Amen. Remember, we said, we said reverence for God as ours to the day. What's your three words? Take God seriously. What's your three words? Take God seriously. Take God seriously. It changes everything. It changes everything. Number three, the third thing I would tell you is this. How to manage my life is put God first in your day and decisions, in your day and your decisions. You see, it's real easy to get up and just say, God, I love you, and then go on about your day like he doesn't exist. (laughs) Amen, everybody? Shoot, I'm guilty too. Get up, you know, and pray and say, oh, God, I love you. But get about the middle of the day, you forget about him. Put God first in your day and your decisions. Ephesians 5, 17, look what he says. He says, don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. What does God want you to do? Understanding that. See, some of you say, you know, well, I just need more time. I'd say, you know, really, you don't need more time. You got the same amount of time as everybody else has. You need more time with God. Remember what we said, reverence for God adds hours to your day. God's favor, you can, listen, when you follow God, God's favor follows you. Amen, everybody? And I cannot overemphasize that. And doing that, you know, that's, that's why we, we're constantly encouraging. The 21 days of prayer, it's all about giving you an opportunity to make a sacrifice, to get up. Like some of you got to have to get up. If you come, you're going to have to get up at 4.30 in the morning because you got to leave here and go to work. And, you know, it's going to be a sacrifice to come. But I'm just saying, why don't you try it? If just one time, just try it. And come and worship God at 6 a.m. and see what happens. Amen. Some of you don't know 6 a.m. comes twice a day. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing what will happen. And what I want to challenge you with that is is that, is that, you know, growth track. We're always talking about growth track. Why? Because an opportunity, you put God first and help other people. Pump it up next Saturday. If you haven't signed up, please sign up on your card. Sign up now. It's just saying, hey, you know what? I want to come and serve people. I want to serve God by serving people. The problem is this, is that what, what happens in our lives is that we get our eyes off of God. And we get our eyes onto our circumstances. Amen, everybody. Amen. You see, your stress level goes up when you got your eyes on the wrong thing. And when you when you keep your eyes on the Lord, it's amazing how, it's amazing, it's amazing how your stress level goes down. Amen. We say it at SEC this way: when my worship goes up, my worry comes down. When my prayers go up, my worry comes down. Amen. It's amazing how that will happen. Again, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says this. He says, trust the Lord completely in everything you do. Would you read those next three words out loud with me? Let's read them. Ready? Come on. Put God first, and He will, and He will, and He will, not me will, but He will direct you and crown your efforts with success, everybody, amen? amen. Eyes on God. Amen. Remember what we said? We, we said, you know, Proverbs ten twenty seven. Reverence for God adds hours to each day. And what's your three words, everybody? take God seriously. Keep your eyes on God. Eyes on God. You see, the problem that we have today is that we spend so much time in our life even praying to God about our problems. We keep talking to God and telling God how big our problems are. But maybe, I think that maybe if we get our eyes on God, we'll start looking at our problems and say, God's bigger than you. Amen? I want, to take you into, I want to take you to a, a mountainside right now. I want you to go there with me in your mind, a mountainside. And as we're on a mountainside, we're looking down there in the valley down there. And on the other side of the mountain, there's, a, there's another army on the other side. And down in the valley, there, there's a man that's about 9 foot 6 inches tall. And he's loud and he's boisterous. And he's telling everybody how, how bad they are. And he's telling God's people, the, the Israelite army, I'll kill you. I'll, we'll knock you. We'll take you out. You just send somebody down here to fight me. Do you have any man, men in your camp? Send them down here to fight me. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you see, all those army, the army of Israel had their eye on the problem down there. They just kept saying, oh, God, you got to send somebody to take care of that giant. God, he's bigger than us. And all of a sudden, there's a, there's a teenage boy. I thank God for teenagers. Amen? Thank God they act before they think. Amen. David opened up his mouth before he even saw the thing. They said, there's a giant down there. He said, he's cussing our God. He's cussing my God. Oh, no, he's not. I'm going down there. Amen. I'm, I'm walking down there. And he goes down into the valley, and he goes down into the valley. Everybody in the, on the ridge, the army of Israel is looking and saying, Oh, look, there's a giant down there. There's a giant down there. There's a giant named Goliath. He's down there. But David, 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 he's got a slingshot, man. I mean, just a piece of cloth with a, put a rock in He He's doing like this. and got a little stick in his hand. And the giant says, Hey, boy, you coming at me? You, you coming at me? You coming to me with a stick, boy. What? Listen, I am am I a dog? Am I a dog you're going to hit with a stick? Boy, I'm going to tear you apart. I'm going to pull your arms out. I'm going to pluck your eyes out. I'm going to tear your legs off. I'm going to feed them to the beasts of the field. Boy, you going down today. And then David, his teenager, all full of God, because, see, he had been out in his father's field and a big old bear come out there at him one day. And he said, God, there's a bear coming. And that bear charged him. He said, Bear, I want you to know I come at you in the, I come at you in the name of the Lord God Almighty. And he said, I tore the bear apart. He said, One day I was in my father's field, and a lion come, lion came out, going to rip me apart. He said, But I said, Lion, I want you to know I come at you in the name of the Lord God Almighty. And you will not have my father's sheep, and you will have me. And I killed that thing. And he looked at that giant in the eye. Everybody up on the ridge, every all those grown men were looking down at the problem. They were seeing a giant down. That's all they saw with the giant. But not David. No, no, no. He saw the Lord God Almighty. And when he got down in the valley, when, he, when that giant started toward him, he said, I want you to know something, sir. You come at me with a sword and a spear. But I want you to know. I'm coming at you in the name of the Lord God Almighty. And the whole world's going to know that my God reigns, and he's bigger than you, amen. And he took his sling, and when he let it go, the Lord God Almighty grabbed that rock and planted it right in his forehead. And David took his, oh, the giant sword from him and cut his head off, amen because the battle was not David's, it was God. So what I'm trying to tell you today is quit telling God how big your problem is and start telling your problem how big your God is, amen? Hallelujah, everybody, hallelujah it's not about me and it's not about you it's all about him everybody you know you tell god god you're bigger than my marriage problem god's bigger than you amen financial problem God, bigger than you god is bigger than you amen hi this is pastor jeff again i just want to say i hope you enjoyed today's message if you would like to support god's work through stockbridge community church simply go to our website at secview.net again